and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, everyone. I am your host, Carolina Tot, and as every other week, today I am also here with another accomplished technology leader. Today, all the way from Romania, here is my guest, Magda Mio. Welcome to the show, Magda. Thank you, Carolina. Very, very happy to be here. I am also glad to have you here with us. Before we start with today's topic, uh, you are a senior engineering manager at Adobe, and I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a bit about who you are and what you do and what your passions are. Sure. Thank you. So I'm Magda Miu. I'm a senior engineering manager at Adobe here in Romania in the Bucharest office. Uh, my role is about actually three different hats. It's about being a, a technical leader for my teams. It's about being a, also a product manager. And it also has this dimension of uh, people management. I'm responsible to help my colleagues to set up their objectives, to review them, to make sure they are growing and to make sure that I'm preparing them uh, for the next levels and I'm um, working on creating a context where they could be successful. So this is pretty much my, my role. Uh, at this moment, I have three teams that are uh, working on through different products from Adobe Experience Platform, provisioning and observability. Um, and I, um, I joined Adobe because I, I felt the need to work on a tech company that is focused a lot on, on the technical side, on making sure you are delivering uh, high quality uh, products to the customers. So uh, actually at this moment, uh, this role, it's checking all my uh, boxes. With that said, it sounds like you have your plate full with uh, managing people. Three teams is um, is a lot, it sounds like. How many people are in your teams? There are 15 in total. I have five uh, people per team. Nice, nice. So you have a lot to share with us about today's topic, which is hopefully going to give everyone the best tools to mentor in 2024. Um, let's start with your experience about mentoring, because I think that shall give us a personal insight as to why this might be an important uh, topic for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, indeed, mentoring uh, was part of my uh, journey and also continue, it continues to be part of, uh, of my journey and on my growth because... Um, I realized that I searched, I started to search for mentors when I had challenges to solve and I wanted to talk with other people who had different, similar experiences or uh, they, they already uh, checked those, uh, those stages. 
or when I wanted to grow uh, in my role or when I wanted to make a transition. So usually in these three scenarios, I, I was looking to uh, search a mentor and uh, each time I, I was lucky enough to find the right person for the right um, setup uh, that I, I was expecting to, to get. Uh, I think um, at the beginning, one of my mentors uh, uh, was um, a friend who was, uh, she, was she is actually, uh, she currently is product manager. And she helped me to understand better the product perspective, how to think at, uh, um, uh, at your work, also from a customer perspective. Because at the beginning, especially uh, since I also was a, a developer and I, uh, I used to write code and deliver features and uh, um, making sure that uh, I'm, I'm able to uh, solve the things that I need to solve, uh, I was very tech-oriented. I was very uh, involved in understanding how I could make a task to be more efficient, to have performance, to make sure it's clean code, uh, and to make sure that I check all the boxes in terms of technology stuff. But I, I was not so aware that actually that code that I'm writing will be used by some customers. And it's important also to have this perspective. And what I've learned from her was to... Uh, switch a little bit the focus, not only on the technical side, but also making sure that the features or the products you are developing are matching the needs of some customers. You understand their needs, you know how to get feedback from them, you know how to address that feedback and make sure that um, you build uh, products that are relevant for, for uh, your audience. Um, that was a, a milestone important for me uh, to understand this perspective. Another milestone and another matter that I had was, uh, I think, uh, six or seven years ago when I uh, was in the situation uh, to decide if I will continue to grow on the technical side or I will uh, go to the leadership side. Uh, and for me, that moment was challenging because I enjoyed a lot writing code and be very uh, hands-on, but I also enjoyed um, this part of growing people. Um, and uh, it was something that made me happy. I mean, I, I felt the need to have the possibility to combine them, but I realized that I will not be able to be a professional in either one of them. Uh, so I need to focus on, on a specific area so I could bring the maximum for that area. And I, I, so I could be very focused on, on those things. So combining writing code and also growing people in, this, in those eight hours or 10 hours per day, um, I tried, but it was not scalable. I realized that I cannot do that for too many years. So I need to make a decision. And at that moment, I... Um, contacted this person who she's also a coach, but I also felt that she was also a mentor for me because I know her from, from social media. I respect her journey. I, he, she, she is an amazing professional. She is also a person with a nice, with a, uh, an amazing family. And I uh, appreciated a lot uh, her capability to combine her personal life with a professional life and being able to su be successful in both of them. And what I learned from her was that you need to have like a dynamic equilibrium. It's difficult to be very, uh, to be 100% and uh, be perfect or bring a lot of things on both areas at the same time. Sometimes you spend more time on 
delivering a project, finishing something important, preparing a proposal or something for the work and making sure you are focused there and you are delivering the right quality. And sometimes you need to spend more time maybe with your family, with your friends, and you need to keep those things in, in a dynamic equilibrium. Sometimes you spend more time at work, sometimes you spend more time at, uh, at, uh, at home. So this way you are able also to not have um, bad feelings about the fact that you didn't spend so much time with your family or with your work because you know that this equilibrium will, uh, will be in a dynamic mode. And so how, how did you find these mentors? You mentioned that you saw someone on social media. What were some of your approaches? Here, first of all, I think it's very important to understand what do you need from, from that mentor? What are your objectives or what are your expectations? Uh, and after that, um, um, the idea is to understand also how to speak their language, uh, how you could reach them, uh, how you could um, prepare a compelling message or a way to approach them so they, could not, they will say yes. Uh, and also be ready to, to get a no. It's, it's possible. Um, what helped me was the network. Um, I, I, um, other than being an engineering manager, I was very involved, especially in my first years of, of my career in, in the community. Uh, I'm a Google developer expert. Uh, I uh, uh, created a community in my hometown for developers. And this way I started to build a network around me. And this network helped me a lot because usually the people and the mentors that I had and I continue to have were part of this network. So it's important to go there, to, to be exposed, to participate at conferences, to go to the meetups, to speak at those conferences or meetups, or just to be involved and uh, search areas, the areas where your mentors could be and see if it's a match because maybe you... You are expecting to be a match, but after you talk with a person, you realize it's not the right setup for you. It's not the right match for you. So it's a, I see mentoring like a two-way street. Um, and it's a relationship with when you ex where you exchange skills, knowledge, feedback, and you also start building a network. And um, other than that, it's important also to have that trust, to, to have the confidence that you could share some personal things with that mentor, uh, or you, uh, you should have the confidence that uh, your mentor could help you in that specific need or in that specific objective. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of factors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think it's, it's really interesting that you said that it's an exchange of skills, because I think a lot of people view mentoring as a one-way street where, you know, you find a mentor and then they are just going to lay out the way for you. They are just going to tell you what to do. And you made it sound like it's not that. So if you could exactly. elaborate, if you could elaborate a little bit. Sure. Uh, yeah, it, for sure it's a two-way street. And you understand that only after you are uh, able to... Um, have the, the both roles, to be a mentor and also to be a mentee. Uh, as a mentee, yeah, at the beginning you think that you will sp uh, spend your time and they will not get anything from it. Um, but the reality is different because, for example, if you are a mentor, for sure you will be able to increase your communication skills because you need to uh, understand 
the needs. You need to help the mentee to uh, set up the objectives if they don't have them yet. And also to provide them advice or guidance in a way that they that will resonate with their uh, way of doing things. You need to uh, be aware about what is the profile of your mentee or what are their uh, expectations and adapt your speech, your content to their expectations. You can acknowledge. Uh, it's about the fact that when you, your mentee is telling you uh, their stories, their challenges, uh, uh, they uh, tell you more about their industry they are working, you, can, you gain some knowledge about that industry. You, you are more aware about uh, how the things are seen by a mentee. Maybe there is an age difference or maybe there is a background difference between you and mentee and the mentee. You discover new perspectives that you are not aware about them. Um, and it's also this feeling of helping others. And that's why I also decided to be a mentor because I received a lot of, from my mentors and I'm also a learner and an achiever and I feel the need also to give back. And when you help someone and you see how they grow or how they got promoted, or maybe they talk to a conference thanks to your guidance on the public speaking skills, you are feeling amazing. I mean, you, you did it. You, you helped someone to nail it uh, in a specific area or on a specific skill. And it's feeling it's, it's amazing. You feel that the, the whole effort worth it. I completely agree with you. And you, you mentioned that there is industries about which you can learn. So I just want to maybe highlight that you can get a mentor from a different industry if you feel that um, they can teach you something new. And of course, you can give the mentor an insight into your industry and therefore probably most of our watchers and listeners are from the IT industry and they don't need to limit themselves to, to IT. Uh, would you agree with me? Yes, for sure. It's about that diversity of thoughts. You, you could see um, maybe the same challenges, but at a different level or applied in a different domain. But at the end of the day, it's about some skills or meta skills. Okay. And they are common. They are transferable uh, between the industries. And even in, in IT, there are different companies. There are product companies, there are tech-oriented companies. So even there, you, you could get a spectrum of different um, experiences and per perspectives only from the fact that maybe someone works in a startup and your mentee is in a big comp corporation and you learn about some processes that are helpful for your startup or the other way around. So I think it's important to have diverse uh, mentors and mentees from diverse industry and diverse domains uh, because you, you learn a lot in, uh, in, in those situations. Moving on to the next interesting part of our conversation, um, I know that you are in, in, a, in a mentor program And um, I would love for you to tell us a bit about that, how it works and why you think it's successful. When I joined Adobe uh, two years ago, uh, I got this um, um, opportunity to build a mentoring program. Uh, and the need was very clear. Um, there was an org in, uh, in the Bucharest office uh, where there were not so many women's 
uh, in senior positions. And they run a mentoring program and the mentees uh, gave us, gave them the feedback that they will enjoy having mentors, women mentors. Uh, so starting from this need, we uh, built a, a program, a mentoring program for all the women from, uh, from Adobe, Romania. Uh, and this program was, is called Mentor Her. And that's how it started. Um, and uh, I, I was able to run until now three editions. Next year we'll run the fourth one. Um, and it was about identifying this need, um, creating a mission, having a mission uh, for, for this program to empower uh, our colleagues through, um, through mentoring. Uh, and the audience were women from Adobe Romania, the mentors and mentees will be only women. Um, there were some successful experiences. I also learned a lot and I'm continuing to improve the, the setup and the structure of the program. Uh, and what I tried also in the second edition after I had the structure of the program and the things were uh, pretty clear, I also was a mentor for one of, of the participants. And it was a, an, a great experience because um, she, she got promoted. And other than that, she became a um, champion of the program. So the next edition was run by her. Nice. Uh, together with a different colleague. So it was very nice and uh, um, I, I felt grateful uh, to have this opportunity to grow someone that uh, after that became part of the team. So it was um, uh, an amazing feeling uh, to, to get this, uh, this done through, through, this, uh, through this program. I am sure it was amazing. Would you be able to tell us or dissect what you think were the the building blocks of, of making it successful? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think it's about uh, four main elements. First of all, make sure you understand the need um, and um, make sure you um, speak with those people uh, who could be your audience because this way you will make sure that you uh, calibrate the structure of the program to those needs. After that, you should have a mission because that mission will be important for the team that will run the program. They need to know what is the North Star for them. Um, and this mission, it could vary or it could change at some time. You could also uh, be open to change it if, it's, it, if, it's, if you decide that is not longer relevant for the context. Um, getting some people around you, uh, the volunteers, usually they are volunteers because um, on their day-to-day -day job, for example, in my case, they were engineers or program managers or engineering managers. So they also had a day-to-day -day job and this activity was extra. So you need to be mindful also about that um, and see how you, you could get an engaged team that uh, will help you to organize this uh, program. And the last element and the most important is to make sure you have people who wants to learn uh, and grow and who also want to be involved in growing other people. Mm -hmm. So these four elements, the need, the mission, the team, and the people who are willing to share and learn. And what I could share is that this is what I had at the beginning. But after running the first edition, I got a lot of feedback and I, con I started to uh, improve it or uh, making sure that we address that feedback. It, it's a continuous improvement process actually, also for, for this program. What were some of the pieces of feedback that you received? 
for example, uh, regarding the timeline. Um, at the beginning, um, I ran two editions in uh, one year. It was one in spring and the other one in fall. Uh, regarding the first one, they mentioned that it was too long. <laughs> the second one, it was too short. <laughs> so um, I tried to, uh, I started to uh, talk with them and understand exactly what will be the right setup for them. And right now we have 10 weeks of program, plus two weeks, uh, one at the beginning uh, when you run the trainings and one at the end when you run the celebration event. So the structure is pretty simple. You have... Uh, a stage when you start to announce the program and you open the call for papers, call for mentors and mentees. After that, you match the mentors with the mentees. You have a kickoff event. We are offering also trainings for mentors and mentees to make sure we set up them for success and they will have a successful mentorship relationship. We have a midpoint check-in and a celebration event. So, and they need to meet, the recommendation is to meet two times per month a one-hour uh, mentoring session. Uh, so this this part with the timeline was addressed. Uh, they also mentioned that at the moment in time, it was difficult for them to s find new items for their agenda. Um, so we started to uh, understand what else they could bring on their agendas, especially for the mentees who were more junior. They they were it was challenging for them to to have an agenda for all the sessions. So we. Um, offer them a template with some topics and questions they could address during those sessions. Um, it was also about that, uh, the fact that at the beginning I was very enthusiastic and usually this is my way of working. I, I need to have a structure. Uh, and before having that structure, I need to make sure that I, I'm learning about that topic. So when it, it was about running this mentoring, I started to search books podcasts, articles, everything to, to learn uh, more about this and make sure that I will build a successful program. And what I realized after that is that I collected so much information and I started to create guides and slides and wiki pages. And I shared those things with the mentors and mentees and it was overwhelming for them. I learned <laughs> that after. It, so I also started to reduce the amount of information I'm sharing with them and to make sure that I deliver the most relevant, important stuff for them to make sure they are successful in the mentorship uh, relation. What came to my mind, and it's very operative, when you said you match up the mentors with the mentees, how and based on what characteristics did you do the matching? So uh, we have a list of criteria. Uh, first of all, um, based on the uh, registration form they are filling at the beginning, we ask them to fill in the organization uh, from which they are part. Uh, because we usually we want to match people from different organizations to have um, uh, different perspectives and learn also about the other areas from the company. Uh, this is one uh, element. The second element, usually we also uh, check the level of experience because we want to make sure that the junior people get a more senior mentor and not the other way around. Even so, I, I truly believe that also a senior person could learn a lot of things from a junior person, but usually they are expecting someone who has more experience. So we wanted to make sure that we match this, we check this, uh, this uh, uh, checkbox. Um, other than that, it's also about the areas they would like to cover. And we have some checkboxes in the form. For example, if you want to go on the architecture, uh, if you want to go on the um, uh, CICD or um, DevOps 
or SRE stuff, more operational things. Or if you want to grow on the people skills, maybe on public speaking or uh, maybe on uh, how to uh, to manage the conflicts or how to offer and re uh, receive uh, feedback. So we have a, a list of areas and the mentor checks Uh, those areas when uh, where uh, she could provide guidance and the mentee uh, represents actually the needs of that mentee. And after that, we just match these uh, these elements and make sure that they are uh, in sync. So they have a recommended amount of times when they meet, and then they have a celebratory event where they all come together, right, at the office and. Exactly. Uh, Perhaps they have drinks or or no drinks, but but they have like a an end of the mentoring term celebration. What was the effect afterwards? Did some of the mentors and mentees keep hanging out, or or did they end the the partnership and they went on their separate ways? Also, at the kickoff and at the at the closing events, did they? Did they also mingle with others? Did they did they open up their network? Mm -hmm. It's a good thing, yeah, because actually the one of the uh, advantages, one of the biggest advantages of mentoring, it's especially in a company, is that you start to build a network. And I I saw that also from my perspective, but also from their their perspectives, and I I learned that after the program. Uh, because the company, yes, it's it's a big company, but it's not so big. I mean, you the ch things are changing so often that you uh, today you are working with someone, and maybe in three months you'll work with different uh, with a different team or a different product manager or a different engineering manager. And it happened that uh, uh, they met at the uh, mentor her program, and after that they started to work together, um, or they are meeting on the hallway and. You, you know that face from somewhere. You know her from mentor her. Uh, this is one thing. The other thing is that uh, some of them, yes, they continue to meet also after um, and they build some uh, strong relationships. But um, what I uh, enjoyed a lot was the fact that since we run this edition uh, in a recurrent way, they continue to register as mentors or mentees or even both. Mm-hmm. So this is an, a good sign for us that they enjoy the experience, they they saw the value of that program, and they continue to be part of the program and grow other people or continue to get insights from other mentors as mentees. Mm -hmm. Did you get any, how should I put this in a political correct way, like any satisfaction surveys did you send out, you know, were there... Were there questions about the mentor and the mentee's kind of way of work in the mentoring program? Did you ever say, you know, you can't come back to the mentoring program because people weren't satisfied with how you did? Um, no, until now, I don't think I got this. It, it, there were some situations when the matching was not the perfect one. Uh, because usually the challenge we have is that we have too many mentees and a low number of mentors. Usually a mentor has two mentees. Um, and sometimes it's difficult. For example, um, I think at the last edition, there was a high number of uh, requests to get a mentor uh, who is specialized on personal branding. 
and was a little bit challenging to, to find so many mentors who are specialized on personal branding. And seeing the, the things from this perspective, yeah, for sure it was not the greatest match for, for those mentees because we were not able to provide them so many mentors with personal branding. What we tried to do was to run a workshop after that during the, the program to make sure we address this need, but it was not the same. It was one-time session. Right. Uh, so usually these are the challenges. Um, that sometimes the matching is not the perfect one. Mm -hmm. And uh, how did you overcome that challenge? Did you you organize the workshop, right? But was there some other kind of knowledge sharing event or or did you send out something for for future mentors to have more people in this area or it's still under construction? Uh, we ran that workshop and uh, through the workshop, um, uh, the facilitator who was actually the sponsor of the program, she also shared with them some resources. Uh, and for the next edition, we would like to continue with the workshops and see uh, what will be the needs from, from the audience, because we want to make sure that they are addressed in, uh, in the right, uh, uh, to make sure we match their, their, uh, their expectations. With that said, everybody has, or I assume everybody, but um, I I would be surprised if it weren't true. Everybody has a different kind of mentoring style in that they are all different people and they have different approaches to problems. Could you share a little about perhaps your mentoring style or or something that you have learned from organizing this mentorship program about mentoring mm -hmm. styles? Yeah, I think uh, just like in product management, it starts from understanding the expectations from the mentee and help her, helping her or him to also have some objectives, usually smart objectives. Because um, all the time I, I say this, that it's important to spend this time wisely. We have, I don't know, 10 hours, 12 hours in total. Let's use it wisely and let's see what is the input and what will be the output of, of this program, of this experience. Uh, so first of all, I, I try to connect with the mentee. I ask questions about her or him, his background, uh, um, the current setup on the company, uh, the current expectations, if they have some objective. If not, we should start building some, uh, some objectives and track them through the process. Uh, and uh, based on that, I also try to adapt my uh, to adapt my style, my my mentoring style. Um, sometimes I, I I think I'm a cheerleader more. I mean, I, I like to be the person who uh, is next to you and um, offer you support and encourage you that you could do it. It's okay. I'm next to you. We can do it. Uh, you have my support. You have my help. Tell me how I could help. Uh, but I also learned that it's important to be challenger sometimes. And um, uh, make sure that uh, I keep the mentee focused on the things that we want to achieve. Because sometimes in the uh, mentoring sessions, they tend to go in multiple areas in, in the conversation. And all the time, my role is to get them back to the agenda and focus them on those things. What we want to discuss today? What, what are the items? It's more important to switch the conversation to this topic or we should keep the agenda? 
So here I also try to challenge them. Uh, or when they have some objectives, I want to make sure that they are the real ones. Because sometimes in behind of an objective, it could be a different, uh, uh, different objective or a different need that they are not aware about it. Um, I'm also sometimes an educator uh, when it's the case. For example, I don't know when they are, we are talking about m- technical stuff or when we talk about some processes. For example, uh, I had a mentee, she was uh, eager to learn more about how to make decisions and what would be the tools to make a decision. Um, and um, sometimes it's also about brainstorming. So then I go to the ideator. Uh, and I put my hat of uh, ideator, mentor, and brainstorming together with the mentee. Or sometimes it's also helpful to connect my mentee with someone else who could help with uh, with a specific uh, requirement or with a specific skill. Uh, for example, I have I had mentees who are uh, eager to learn more on the public speaking side, and I share with them the trainings uh, that I. Um, I did or the um, trainers that I uh, used to work with. So I just connect them. So I, usually, as actually the answer is that I'm trying to adapt my style to the uh, needs from, from my mentee. But I think the main style for me is a cheerleader. I love that. I think I can, I can personally relate to that. What was maybe your learning from organizing this, this uh, mentoring program? In here, you all already mentioned, you know, it was a really fun experience where your mentee got a promotion and I would imagine that made you very proud personally. But could you share a little about how you think you grew while organizing this, this mentoring program and also while mentoring? At the beginning, uh, when I started to create a structure of this program, it was more about me. Uh, I wanted to uh, be informed. I wanted to uh, learn about how to run a successful mentoring program. I read a lot. I, uh, I did my research just to make sure that I'm successful in this um, role of driving a mentoring program. Um, after I started the program, and especially after running the first edition, I realized that it was not about me. And my focus should be on, on, on the audience, on the people who joined this program. And uh, I realized that I, um, I need to switch my focus on making sure that this successful mentoring experience, it's about them and not about me being a successful driver. So um, it was an interesting shift. Um, and that's why I also decided to be a mentor because I realized that um, only by being a facilitator, yes, I meet the mentors with the mentees, but I need to see how it goes, how is to run this program um, as a mentor, be part of the audience, uh, to understand better uh, how it goes, how, if the process is okay, uh, if the, uh, the structure is the a relevant one, if the timeline is the, the right one. So um, it was, it was learning about the fact that it was not about me and it was about them, about the mentors and the mentees. And I also realized that since I started this program uh, one month after I joined Adobe, it was an amazing networking opportunity for me. I mean, inside of Adobe Romania, the people started to know me in my first three months in the company. 
uh, and they when they hear my name, they already connected my name with this program. And it was it was an amazing opportunity, and I am grateful that uh, uh, Diana Zarfulia came to me to to run this program. Um, and I also uh, discovered later on that uh, part of this community, um, there are people who are also sharing the same um, values like me. They want to uh, learn, they want to give from their knowledge to other people. And I, I feel connected. I feel that I'm belonging to, to this community. Plus the fact that I started to work with part of the mentors or mentees, so it was a win-win situation also from this perspective. It's it's great. It sounds like it's a, it's a very successful program and it sounds like it's always evolving and, and you put a lot of effort into making sure that next year's mentoring program is going to be even better. Yeah, and what I also realized that is that you need to have a bigger team. <laughs> because at the beginning, I ran by myself the program. And it was not easy. I mean, at the beginning, I had only one team and my time was um, enough. But after that, I got the second team and then the third team and my time started to shrink a lot. Um, and mainly, I think the second edition, I ran it only uh, by working during the weekends, which was not so great all the time. So I realized that I, uh, I should bring more people next to me. So that's why the third edition, in the third edition, I created this role, Mentor Heart Champion. And uh, I, I was able to bring two other uh, colleagues of mine, uh, my ex-mentee plus an, another engineering manager. And together with them, with uh, Anka and Diana, um, they, they run the third edition. And for next year, I have a team of five. So <laughs> nice. we, we, we increase. And usually they are coming from the community. I mean, they are ex-mentees or ex-mentors. This is, um, I think this is a perfect example as how to build a community and how to grow your program and get to even more parts of the organization. And I think it feels a need for, for human connection, which, which really steers me to the, to the next kind of area of our conversation. After the pandemic, which honestly, I feel like I have to share that it sounds like we are in a dystopian movie where we talk about, you know, after the pandemic and before the pandemic. But it really seems that after the pandemic, people had more interest in in human connection, or or so I seem to to feel when I when I talk to people, when I interact with organizations, they they place more effort in in bringing people together. Is your mentoring program similar? And and how do you how do you think about the post pandemic world and mentoring? Mm -hmm. Um. The program was started during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, and right now, initially it was re fully remote. Right now it's hybrid. Uh, and for the next edition, we hope that we'll get more uh, multiple workshops at the office to, to have this uh, strong feeling of community. Um, and I think the current landscape, um, maybe before was the same, but I think now it's even more about continuous learning and uh, adaptability. 
and I think the mentoring could bring these skills uh, and could help the uh, employees, could support them in, in being more adaptable and continue in, in being more, uh, more uh, involved in the learning, in uh, continuous learning and be more intentional in this area. Um, and yes, the same feeling I have that you, you feel the, this need to connect with the people and because actually during the pandemic, we had more time to think about ourselves and to spend more time with ourselves. And this self-awareness uh, brought up a lot of things to cover. And uh, I think also this uh, feeling of well-being could be achieved through the mentoring, plus this change management that it's a continuous change. Uh, technology, uh, the way to work, everything is an continuous change and you need to keep up. So the mentoring cool, it's, it's a key component on achieving these things. This is how I see the things. Mm-hmm. And is that how you advertise participation in the program? How do you, how do you make sure that enough people want to participate? What are some of your ways of getting people to come to the program? Through the results, the results from the previous editions, we have a very good um, rating from from a scale to, from one to five. We have 4.86. So it's pretty good. Um, the feedback from the mentors and mentees, and also it's, uh, it's spread it through the mentors and mentees who participated because they talk with other colleagues who just joined. And I think this is the best way to advertise the, the program, to let the people who participated in the program to be your ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And for example, even the interns, they ask us if they could join the, the program because they heard about it and they wanted to join. Very nice. Very nice. Congratulations for making such a successful program, something that is, um, is so talked about. I think that's part of the reason that it is so successful that people talk about it and they are so excited about it. Circling back a little to how the program is actually built, I wonder how Adobe specific are the mentoring topics or do you do you give a bunch of topic ideas to people who apply or do you let them let them share what they're interested in or what they would like to mentor about in free form? Usually it's a combination. I mean, I, I see it. I, I'm, I've, I'm a person who needs structure, so I need to have a structure. And usually this is the way also I'm communicating. I, I offer them a structure, but it's a guideline. It's a recommendation. If you want to use it, this is the structure. And usually it's about also that registration form with those specific areas they could check. But we also have a free form input. So they could add there everything they would like to, to cover through the mentoring. Um, so it's a combination of between structure and making sure also we give them flexibility to bring their own topics. Um, and usually these topics are um, around four areas. It's about stories. I mean, situation that uh, happened in the past and they wanted to get a new perspective. It's about um, scenarios that are happening right now or they are wanting to make a decision and see what are the options and they talk with the mentor and get advice or uh, they get um, 
um, stories about different situations in the past of the mentor. It's sometimes also about self-awareness um, and making sure that the mentee is aware about her uh, strengths, about her um, uh, way of working or her achievements or her expectations from her role. And it's also about skill building. So this is it's a framework. It's called 4S. It's coming from stories, scenarios, self-awareness and skill building. Thank you. I I think that's that's very valuable. Also, um, please tell me. We we have talked about a lot of things when it comes to mentoring, and you shared that you put a lot of effort into researching the topic and reading books and creating documents that you can share with the people. Could you share some things that are maybe? pitfalls of creating a mentoring program or or something that people who are thinking about organizing such a thing should watch out for, some things that you learned? Yes, usually um, the main challenge is related to the time allocation. Um, because um, the mentors and mentees tend, since it's a, an extra activity, uh, um, they have a day-to-day -day job, they have some tasks to deliver, some releases to do, and so on. Um, sometimes they find it difficult to allocate the time to meet. Uh, so here our recommendation to them is to schedule in advance the sessions. And don't cancel it, just reschedule it. Um, that's one thing. Um, there is also about, uh, uh, sometimes it's about having difficulties in defining the expectations of the objectives of the mentoring. Uh, today, I, we talk about something, and the next session we talk about something else, and it's very difficult to see what is the, the flow we want to cover through this mentoring. What, what are the expected results at the end of this, uh, of this program? It's about having a structure, having a focus area. Um, and another thing was about feedback. Um, and I could share this also from my own experience. I, at the beginning, uh, when, when I started to be a, a team lead, it was very challenging for me to offer constructive feedback. I was very good at offering congratulatory feedback, but on the constructive one, it was very challenging for me because I didn't want, I was thinking that I will, I will upset my colleagues that maybe it's only my perspective and I'm wrong and I should leave it this way. Um, so, and I also saw the same behavior in a, a big part of my colleagues. Uh, so when I realized these challenges, also from my previous experiences as mentor or mentee, I, I tried to create like a framework with some key elements uh, they, that they need to check in order to make sure that uh, we eliminate the risk of um, uh, losing some um, uh, important aspects of the mentoring. Uh, so, and this framework, I call it LOG because everyone knows about LOGs. So LOG is an easy word to remember. And it's coming from logistics, objectives, and growth. So you, first of all, you need to make sure you know when you will meet. Uh, what will be the recurrence? How long will take the session? Do you have an agenda or not? Do you have some follow-up items from the previous session or not? So everything related to the logistics. And um, this is a, uh, usually um, 
these things are on, on the mentee's responsibility. Uh, the mentee is the driver of the relationship. Uh, she or he needs to be very organized, bring the agenda, make sure uh, we have a clear structure. If these things are not happening, the mentor should offer feedback. Uh, and also on the logistics, I included the feedback. It's important to know how to deliver feedback and how, how to uh, make sure that uh, the other person understands why are you giving that feedback. And here I am a big fan of Lara Hogan's uh, feedback equation. I think you also had, have it, uh, had it on, uh, on the podcast. Um, and I shared that equation with them. And they are using also using it also when they are offering code reviews. They are making code reviews. So I, I shared it also with my colleagues. So the logistic is the first part, well, uh, the setup of the sessions plus this feedback component. Uh, objectives. On the objective, it's about uh, having those smart objectives or some clear expectation. How we will measure uh, this experience at the end uh, of the program. Um, and this should be reviewed each uh, session. And um, they could also, the mentors could also make, we recommend them to make some check-ins during the session. Okay, we are ha at the half of the session. How helpful was this conversation from a scale from one to seven? How helpful was it? And they give a number. And after that, they should ask, okay, what should we do in the next half an hour to get 5.5, not five? So they just, it's, it's a continuous uh, review and continuous improvement. And we, uh, we also recommend to the mentors at the end of the session to make sure that the mentees will repeat the follow-up items to make sure that they know what they should do until next time. Uh, so this was the objectives part. And the last part, the growth. Uh, it's about uh, this part of following up and track the progress. The mentee should know the achievements, should know the things that they learned, because this self-awareness feeling is the one that helped them to grow and to learn. So the mentor should be next to them and make sure uh, they are doing this in, in, a, in an intentional way. So logistics, objectives, and growth. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's another really amazing framework that we can take away and, and actually maybe put to use just now. Would you share any big successes of the program? You have shared quite a few perspectives from your life, you know, when your mentee got a promotion or how you got a network almost instantaneously because of, of um, creating this mentoring program. Um, is there any feedback from the company? Like, uh, did you get, you know, some congratulatory email from the management or did you have some some really good heartwarming stories about what happened to the people who participated. Uh, we have a newsletter, an internal newsletter. And usually we are part of that newsletter, especially when we finish an edition on when we start a new edition of the program. Um, and I think this is a, a thing that uh, tells me that we are doing the right thing. Um, another thing is related to the fact that, for example, for this uh, program, we also need some budget. It's a limited one, but we also need it because at the end of the program, uh, we have like a ceremony and we offer them a, a, a mug with the branding of the program and a book. Usually each edition, we try to find a different book, a specific book for mentors and a specific one for, for uh, the mentees. 
plus a certificate, uh, just to have it like a memory of the from the program. So uh, the fact that we continue to get this budget, it's also a good sign for us. And uh, I just counted these days, we had 63 pairs uh, of, uh, of mentors and mentees until now. Usually they are uh, um, going from an addition to another one, but in total, this was the number we, we run until now. And right now we want to go in um, EMEA. Uh, I mean, we want, we want to scale the program also in different, uh, in other uh, areas from Europe where we have offices. So I think also this is a good sign. The, they saw the impact, they saw the, the results, and they wanted to, to be run also in different locations. Yes, yes. I, lo- I love that. I think that that speaks a lot for, for the impact of the, of the program. So you have shared a lot about the program and your place in it. I think what really strikes me is good preparation does not equal uh, no more continuous improvement. You made sure that you had the best foundation for the program and then you kept on gathering feedback and making sure that the next edition of the program is even better than the the previous one. And I also think it speaks a lot that you have started with fully remote mentoring and then now you're doing hybrid mentoring and you are doing even workshops within the mentoring program. So it's not only a mentoring program, it's it's a knowledge sharing program that is based on mentoring. I also think that it is amazing that you have created a little like welcome or or maybe like training for the mentors and the mentees so they can have matched expectations and they can receive and give about the same amount so that for example, when mentees meet up, they are not going to be completely having different experiences. They are going to be having similar and similarly well-organized mentoring um, mentoring events or, or mentoring sessions. And um, I also love how you pointed out that you have created branding for this program. So it's not just forgotten. It's, it's up in people's minds all the time if they use the mug or if they see the book. So so there is there is I think genuine thoughts given to how to keep the program alive and as you said how to expand the program to different parts of the organization. Is there anything else that you would like to add or something that you think is important for the listeners of Level Up Engineering to know? I truly believe that uh, everyone has something to share and everyone has something to learn and it's important to make time for mentoring. Mm-hmm. I think that is brilliant and I completely agree with you. And I would expand that even if you if you don't think you have something to give, you can see and maybe try it out and maybe that will give you a better understanding of your skills as well. And uh, I am telling that even to the listeners from Adobe, so they will 
they will uh, go and apply to be mentors for the program uh, so that you might have even more matches within the program. Thank you, Magda. I think this has been an excellent conversation. Um, please share with us where our listeners can follow your work or follow you. I know you have a website. So, so just please tell us where we can, we can see what you're doing in life. Uh, yes, I have a website. It's more like a blog uh, about uh, uh, technical topics and also leadership ones. Uh, it's magdamiu.com. Uh, and on Twitter, uh, the same handler, magdamiu, or on LinkedIn. You could also uh, find me there. And it was very nice talking to you. And I'm, I'm a very big fan of your podcast. Thank you for doing this for the community. It's an amazing learning and a learning opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, uh, I am taken aback by this. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for coming on the show. I think we can all take away some tips and tricks from the program and from what you shared with us about the frameworks that you have created. Um, dearest listeners and watchers, today my guest was Magda Miu, Senior Engineering Manager at Adobe, and she shared some really amazing tips about her mentoring program within Adobe. And it is currently expanding, so maybe we shall have her back um, and see how the expansion of the mentoring program went. Please share with us if you have taken away some tips and tricks from this podcast and please get in touch with us via Twitter or LinkedIn and tell us what you have learned. I am Carolina Toth and I thank you for staying with Level Up Engineering. See you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time. See you next time.